Tuesday, folks. I'm Emily Jackson, and this is She's Running, the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. Well, we made it to episode 10. (laughs) My little baby podcast is now in double digits. They grow up so fast, don't they? For number 10 here, I have a great episode. It's two whole hands good. Remember when that was a big deal? Two whole hands? Anyway, I've got my conversation with Sophia Pereira, Vice Mayor of Arcata, California, and Community Manager for the awesome organization She Should Run. Now, I know you've heard me talk about She Should Run with other women, and you're probably already familiar with this group, but Sophia has got the scoop. She's on the inside, and her job her actual job that she gets paid dollars for is to interact with women who are excited and interested in running for office. Jealous? I know I am. You are the community manager for She Should Run, which is what I originally contacted you to talk about on the podcast. But then I Googled you and (laughs) found out that you are pretty badass yourself. Like well, politically. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not only have you worked on political campaigns, but you are an elected official like right now. Yes. Yes, I have been for over two years now. That's so cool. And then and you went to the women's campaign school at Yale. Yes. That's that's awesome. All of this is just totally cool. Yeah. Let's talk about you being vice mayor here for a second. First of all, what what is vice mayor? So the vice mayor is really like the understudy for the mayor. So our city and most uh, smaller cities work this way where you rotate the mayor amongst all the council members. So every year Mm -hmm. we pick who's going to be the mayor and who's going to be the vice mayor. Uh, I like to joke that I'm the vice mayor. I'm the mayor of vice, but I'm actually (laughs) kind of a square. So (laughs) not throwing any big parties as vice mayor. But uh, yeah, basically, if the mayor's out of town, I can step in on her behalf. And you've been, you said you've been doing that for two years? I've been a council member for over two years, and I've been the vice mayor since December of 2016. And did you run for the vice mayor, or did you run for city council? I ran for city council in 2014. Do y'all also rotate the vice mayorship, or is that something you got chosen for? Yeah, it's something that we rotate, but the council selects. So basically, there's a one-year term for the mayor and vice mayor. The vice mayor typically becomes the mayor next year, but it's voted on amongst the council members. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So before I get too far into your CV here, we should, I guess, officially introduce you. So who are you and... I mean, I already said you're community manager. Yeah, so I'm uh, the community manager for She Should Run, and She Should Run is a national network inspiring women and girls to make a bigger impact by running for public office. And we have programs that enable women to envision themselves in office and introduce them to the different pathways to get there, because there's definitely not one specific way to run for elected office and to serve. So we have the incubator, which is an online program where women who are really trying to figure out what are those 
you know, first steps that you should take. If you don't have a political background, how do you start laying the groundwork for a future run for office and really solidify that why? Why do you want to run for office? What is driving you? And what eventually may be a good office for you to run for? So the incubator has several courses online where women can start to go through that thought process and that planning process for a future run. And as a community manager, I'm there to support women along the way. So we have a Facebook group that has about 3,000 women in it. Our incubator community as a whole has over 10,000 women in it. And I'm there to help women on that path. What do you do as community manager? So as a community manager, I have many different hats. I mean, part of it is facilitating conversation, answering questions in the Facebook group. Also, you know, looking at what changes can we be making to make the incubator relevant to our members and our community. So if uh, there's, if people are wanting more information about fundraising, making sure that we are providing that information in, in our courses. And also connecting with other women's organizations and getting women connected to training organizations. So for example, uh, some of our members have applied for the Women's Campaign School at Yale and other types of training programs. And so helping women make those connections so that when they're ready to do more of those campaign nuts and bolts type trainings, um, we can be that warm handoff. Um, and then also we do monthly office hours where incubator members can call in and hear from elected officials, campaign experts, as a way to get more insight and really demystify this process of running for office. And hearing women's stories can be really helpful in realizing, oh, there's many different roles and offices that I could run for. It's not just Congress or US Senate, but you know, we have state auditors, we have local city councils, water districts, et cetera. And that those are all opportunities and really to help women see that it is possible to run as you are and where you're at and that your experience, you are qualified to run for office. And really it's just figuring out the best fit. You're kind of our person in She Should Run. So I think you get to see a lot of the stories that yeah. people post in, in the Facebook group. And do you see themes coming up as far as what women are saying or issues they're having or anything like that? Definitely. Uh, I think a lot of the themes are around definitely that women are energized and want to run for office. And some of the things that we have to battle with is the, you know, confidence that am I qualified? How do mm -hmm. I get prepared? Fundraising is a big concern for a lot of women across the board. Uh, you know, how am I going to raise $10,000, $100,000, depending on the race? And, you know, just the individual types of barriers that come up for women as running. Uh, there's been some really great research by the Barbara Lee Family Foundation, helping women to talk about their personal lives, their families, because those are things that we have mothers wondering, you know, how involved should my children be? And, you know, how do I talk about my family in a way where I'm not being questioned about whether or not I'm qualified as a mother and not taking care of my children or who's taking care of my children. So those are some of the themes that are coming up. And in the incubator group, it's a really great community where women 
can speak truthfully about their experiences. We have many, you know, women candidates that are sharing their personal stories and offering their words of wisdom from along the campaign trail. And it's a way for women to speak honestly about what they're going through and get honest feedback and support from others. I've noticed that there's a lot, I mean, this group is so supportive, like the women who are in the group, you know, asking questions, soliciting advice. It is, I'm constantly amazed at how supportive other women and candidates are because I feel like politics gets portrayed as so cutthroat and so backstabby. And that's 100% not what's happening in this group. Absolutely. I have to say, I'm really lucky the job that I have where every day I get to interact with really inspiring women who are inspiring each other and supporting each other. It's really incredible. And I think that is why we are working to inspire more women to run for office because the more women in government, the more different perspectives, the new ideas that will help us to solve the complicated issues we face as a, as a country. And so I think what we're seeing in our incubator community um, really signifies the potential we have to transform our government with more women in office. And She Should Run saw a huge spike in uh, women signing up for the incubator after the presidential election, right? Yes. Uh, Prior to the election, we were in the hundreds. And after the election, uh, within the first week, I think there was 2,000. Uh, women that had joined and mm-hmm. rapid growth. And now we are at, at over 10,000 women in the incubator. So That's it's been incredible. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm working on a campaign right now, given <laughs> all the, the energy that's that's behind this movement and our programs. So it's really exciting. And it seems not to have really slowed down. I don't know what the numbers are on your, your side, but the energy just seems to keep going like there's no there's not been really a fall off as far as excitement level no i i definitely agree with that and really where we're seeing women go is okay i'm in the incubator i want to start figuring out next steps and so one of the things that's been really exciting uh to observe in the community is see all the women that are starting to apply for commissions um, at the city level or the county level and different boards and starting to get involved that way And I think women sharing those stories of, hey, this is something you can do now. A lot of these city committees and commissions have vacancies Mm -hmm. and you should apply. And that's a really great way to start getting more involved in your community and laying that groundwork for a future run. And so it's really exciting to see women really being energized to start taking action and laying that groundwork, that it's not just a mind exercise, that it's really about taking concrete actions to prepare. And you've been with She Should Run for a few months, right? Yeah, beginning of the new year. So what brought you over to She Should Run? Just was there anything in particular or just had an opportunity and grabbed it? Well, I first worked for, I did a fellowship with Women's Campaign Fund back in 2011, which Mm -hmm. was an umbrella organization for She Should Run back when it was a, a project. And that's how I first got connected with She Should Run and the work they were doing. And um, I had gone on to work on a congressional campaign and worked in policy, ran for office. And one of the things I realized serving in elected office was I'm really proud of the impact that I can make in my own community. And I just thought, how amazing would it be if I could 
focus more of my energy on supporting other women to run for office because if we can have more women running for office and serving in government, I mean, the impact that I can make alone is multiplied by thousands. Mm -hmm. And so when this opportunity came up with She Should Run, I definitely was excited to, to get involved. Okay. You went to the Women Campaign School at Yale. Mm -hmm. So have you always wanted to be in politics? You know, I did not grow up in a political family. Uh, mm -hmm. My parents had a small business and we did not talk politics. And I would say it was my time in college where I first became really aware of the impact that government makes on our lives and how changing policy is a really great way to create social change. And that's really where I felt my my skills would be well suited to create social change. I remember meeting, we lobbied our, our congressman about legislation and I just thought, hey, this is a really great way to make an impact is to actually work on policy where you get to work on all different types of policy issues. You don't have to just pick just one. And that's when it first got started for me. Although I will say that I started, you could argue my political career started back in middle school when I ran for student government and <laughs> had several failed attempts and all that. So I would say, you know, never give up. <laughs> After several student government failures, um, I eventually was the student body president at my university as a write-in candidate. Uh, oh, so, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> the the first in the California State University system. I I could be wrong about that. You know, so just never never give up give up because uh, you never know uh, when the opportunity arises where you actually will get to serve. Uh, but it was definitely in college where I made the connection. Like, hey, I want to change the world, and serving <laughs> in government is a way to do that. So, did you get started working on political campaigns in college? Yeah, I got started with my, my local political party and started getting involved and, you know, volunteered on campaigns here and there. And that was definitely a way to start understanding how campaigns work and a way to really feel I was making a difference in my community. And I started to volunteer for nonprofit boards and other service organizations as well. Um, so I think it's important to note that for all of us, we're going to have a different path of running for office. And so for me, mm -hmm. I got involved in my local party, uh, but I also got involved in service clubs and other types of nonprofit work. And so the, the, those are all different ways that women can start to build their, their reputation in the community and their network in the community. So what was your experience like running for office? Oh, gosh, it was... <laughs> It was a roller coaster. <laughs> um, you know, I know they talk about elections like they're a race, but it really feels like it's it's a marathon where you have to stay the course and stay focused and figure out what's important and what's not and really focus on voters and voter contact and speaking to the issues that voters care about and keeping that making that the focus and that it's not about you as a candidate. It is about mm -hmm. the the values that you represent and making sure that that is connecting with the voters that and the constituents that you want to serve in office. So 
running for office was a really rewarding experience. Knocking on doors and talking to voters in my community was a really great way to hear what are the issues in this particular neighborhood. And it, it's a way of getting a pulse of your community. And yes, you're asking for their vote, but it's a great opportunity to survey and poll your residents of what are, the, what are their priorities? What do they care about? And so when I'm in office, now I know I've spoken to hundreds of my neighbors and know what they care about and what they want me to focus on. Are you going to run again? Uh, yes, I will be running <laughs> for, for, for re-election. It, sometimes it feels a little crazy of, gosh, you know, it's still, you know, it's a little under two years away. Um, but mm-hmm. I know it, it's, it's important to start thinking about those things uh, sooner rather than later. So yes, I'm, I'm excited to, to be running for, for re-election. So what kind of um, resources did you use, if any, when you ran for office? So I did fundraise for for my campaign and we raised about $11,000. And Mm -hmm. in the city of Arcata, we have um, donation caps. So every couple years, the donation cap rises a little bit. So in 2014, it was $190. And so that meant that I called up a lot of people in my family, in my social networks, people that I'd worked with on nonprofit boards, et cetera, and reaching out to them and saying, hey, I, I can't do this without you. Uh, if you believe in what this campaign represents, then I'm gonna need your financial support. So we had donations starting from $5 all the way up to the maximum of just under $200. You know, that was also a really great way to to connect with people in my networks. And I think people will be surprised. I think fundraising is one of those things that just feels really scary. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to ask people for money. I don't want to bother them. And one, I would recommend that that if you want to kind of build that muscle of, of fundraising is to do it for a cause you believe in, you know, go and volunteer for a nonprofit and offer to serve on their fundraising committee. That's a really great way to get comfortable. And it's a great way to get comfortable with rejection. You know, not everyone is going <laughs> to say yes. And that's okay, too. Um, you're going into politics, so <laughs> not everyone's going to say yes to you. That's totally fair. Uh, but, you know, just talking to individuals and, and raising money that way and also some local organizations donated to the campaign as well. And that was really helpful. But it's really just talking to, to donors one-on-one and I would even get donations from people in the community that maybe I hadn't called up directly, but they felt inspired by the campaign we were running. And that's really fantastic, too. So you just never know. But just by putting yourself out there, um, how many people will resonate with your message? I think it is such a huge thing. People fear the ask. Yes. It's like that's <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> part of campaigning is the ask. But that's a great idea to to get involved with the nonprofit because then you're asking for somebody else. You're not asking for yourself as practice. Absolutely. And I think it's just good to remember that when you're asking someone to donate to your campaign, if there's someone close to you, you know, they're very likely going to want to donate something, even if it's just $5. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's, that's totally doable. I would say start with your friends and family to get more comfortable uh, so you can start feeling like, okay, I can do this. Uh, but the other <laughs> thing to remember is for, for people that you maybe don't know as well, or maybe someone's just told you, hey, call this list of people and ask for them to donate because they've donated to other people. I think it's really good to remember just like how, about how you're running 
based on values that you're representing is that when you're asking people to donate, you're asking them to get behind the values that you're going to represent. And so mm -hmm. if you're having a hard time fundraising because you feel it's about you, just remember that it's not about you. It is about the values and the issues that you're going to take on once you're elected. So with She Should Run, I got involved right after the election, mm -hmm. like thousands of other women. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I went through the first few steps in the incubator and really found that my calling was not it wasn't being a candidate. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, and I've seen this with a few other women in the Facebook group is like, I yeah. don't know that I want to be a candidate, but I really want to work on somebody's campaign. And I feel like she should run even though it's geared toward women who want to who are going to run for office. It's really helping women figure out where their place is in politics. Absolutely. And I think that's what's great about our courses is that no matter where you end up, it's going to help you focus your energy where you want to go and really solidify that why. So of course, we would love every single woman in the incubator and in the She Should Run community to run for office. That would be fantastic. Uh, but we also know that, uh, like yourself, that there's many women that going, you know, that's not that's not the path for me but I'm gonna support other women. And that is just as powerful. We need as many hands on deck to, mm -hmm. to get women into office. So we need women that will be campaign managers, that will help fundraise, that will help get the word out about women that are running for office and help to encourage women in their own lives to run for office. So I think we all have a role in this movement to increase the number of women in, in office, even if you yourself aren't gonna run. So in that way, She Should Run kind of works well with other campaign groups out there, I guess, Emerge and, and different ones, because She Should Run really helps you figure out your why and mm -hmm. figure out, okay, well, I want to, I'm better suited for this office or something like that. And so it's, it's really a great partnership between She Should Run and other groups out there. I know that lots of the women I've talked to use She Should Run and also other groups Definitely. for their campaigning. Definitely. That's that's really where we fit on the spectrum. You know, when I did the women's campaign school at Yale, I knew I was going to be running that summer for, for city council. And I wanted, <laughs> even though I, I had worked on campaigns, I wanted that experience of being in a really immersive training so that I could really get ready as a candidate to run and really feel prepared. Um, it's possible that I would have been just as prepared based on my experiences, but I found it to be really helpful and mm -hmm. really where she should run sits in the spectrum is really, like you mentioned, for women that are at the beginning of that journey and just aren't sure on what steps to take. So we we did a, a live, an incubator live workshop where, in San Francisco where women could do the incubator curriculum live, in person, interactive with each other. And it was really great to see at the beginning of the day how many women uh, we surveyed them and how many, you know, how clear are you about running for office? And mm -hmm. very on a scale of one to five, you know, very, very low clarity. And by the end of the day, very high clarity that women felt very ready. Okay, yes, I'm committed. I want to run for office. And really, 
where women were going is, okay, and now I want those next steps. And that's Mm -hmm. really where those other types of women's organizations and those campaign training programs are really helpful is really for the woman that is ready to, to take the dive. They, they understand why they want to run for office and what moves them to run and really to take that next step. Well, obviously I'm a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. So so any advice for women out there who haven't figured out where their place in politics is yet? Well, I would say to those that haven't joined She Should Run's incubator, I would highly recommend that because I think that is a really great way to start asking those questions that can help you decide whether or not you want to run for office. So if you're not already in the incubator, I think that's a really great place to start, to start reflecting on why do I want to run or what what would be the issues I would want to work on. And the other thing to remember is that if you don't want to run right now, it's not like you're taking a an oath that you have to make a decision mm-hmm. right now for the yeah. rest of your life. You know, you could decide you know, five, 10 plus years from now, that that's going to be a better time for you to run or it'll, you'll feel inspired to run at that point. And I consider that a success and we at She Should Run definitely understand and encourage women to make that decision on their own timeline and what works the best for them. So I think going to the incubator is a really great place to start if you're asking those questions of, is this something I really want to do? I second that wholeheartedly. (laughs) Well, thanks for talking to me. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really great talking to you. And thank you so much for starting this podcast and sharing women's stories and for being an incredible part of the incubator community. (laughs) Oh, thanks. And that's it for today's episode. Big thanks to Sophia for chatting with me. You can find her on Twitter at Ms. Sophia Pereira. That's at M-S-S-O-F-I-A-P-E-R-E-I-R-A. And if you're one of the thousands of women in the She Should Run online incubator program, make sure you join the Facebook group so you can say hey to Sophia. Thanks for listening to She's Running. I'm Emily Jackson, and I would love to hear what you think about my show. Please give me a shout on Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you are enjoying the show, please tell your friends. Rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on iTunes. You doing that helps other people find out about this podcast. And more people listening means more people hearing these awesome women's stories. Plus, if you do the whole rate, review, and subscribe thing, then shoot me an email at she'srunningpod at gmail.com. I will send you a She's Running campaign button. Um, what else? You can find She's Running on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She's Running Pod. I will admit that I am more of an Instagram Twitter gal, so those feeds are going to be more active and robust, but it's all different content on each channel. So if you follow She's Running on all three, you won't be seeing the same stuff over and over. I try and keep it interesting. Next week, I've got an Arkansas doubleheader. I talk to Maureen Skinner, who is running for Arkansas Senate. And I chat with my sister Morgan, who isn't running, but is in Arkansas. So we talk about some of the political stuff that's going on in our home state. And I gotta say, a lot is changing since I left Arkansas. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.